The MomCast is brought to you by Mid-Ohio Pediatrics. Once upon a child, an advanced aesthetic and laser surgery. Mom! Mama! Mommy! It's the MomCast with your hosts, Mindy Dreher, Michaela Hunt, and Stacy McKay. Mom, I need you! Woo! Well, how many of us gained weight? Hi! We are back <laughs> with another MomCast. Stacy, Michaela, Mindy, and I hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and are you know, maybe sad or happy that family is gone. Because <laughs> you could be in either camp. This you is very true. Or maybe a little of both. A little of both. Bittersweet kind of thing. But now it's on the race to the holidays. I mean, it just seems like it. we go into hyper mode, don't Traditionally, we? Traditionally, do you guys go out for Black Friday? Uh, I do not. I don't either. No. Never I, have, never will. I don't. My sisters and mom love to do it. I cannot stand it. I'm an online shopper, and I think... I might be the first one. I've been there doing it forever. for a long time. Forever. Because it has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, we know that Black Friday has creeped into Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, with stores opening up Thanksgiving evening. And it shouldn't. No. I disagree. And I disagree I with it, too. It should, yeah. But I think the crowds are a little less rowdy early in the morning on Black Friday because the deals are starting on Thanksgiving. And if you really want to get out, for those people who really do want to get out and get them, they get them then. And it's more traditional too, right? I mean, to get together with friends or family that you do that every year. Now, it's Cyber Monday, by the way. And Cyber Monday, for the first time, is actually bigger Mm -hmm. than Black Friday. So that's interesting. And I have a feeling that will continue to grow. I bet you're right. If you're not, if you're like me, you don't like to battle the crowds out there. You just sit at your computer and everything is brought to you. That's the way to go. (laughs) A lot of people do like to battle the crowds because they feel it's part of the tradition and it's part of the whole Christmas season and things like that. So if you are going to be out there shopping, chances are you may need a babysitter. That is true. And we're going to help you with that. We're going to talk about the best way to find a sitter, especially if you don't have any family around. We want you to maybe get a few tips on that. We're going to help you because it gets busy, we know. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about testing, getting your kids ready for those tests they take at school. standardized tests. That That can be stressful. And any test. Maybe you have a, a kid that just has trouble when it's time to perform on the test. They may know all the answers. But if they can't take the test, well, it could be or tough. Or perform in their sport. Right? When you hear this man's interview, it's really life skills that you can relate to anything. I know for me, I try to come up with a list ahead of time. I enjoy doing it. There's a budget. You know, our family on one side, we choose names because there's too many of us to buy we for everybody. Yeah. Um, we do buy for the kids, but we set limits and we try to stay within a budget. And I try to do that, too. I try to be really careful because I think at Christmas you can go overboard. And I always watch how many gifts my daughter never got to by the time the next Christmas rolls around. Oh, okay. Good, and good actually, gauge. there's one. not got to? Like she not didn't, played oh, with She not... didn't get it open yet. She has one that she has not opened since last Christmas. I've never heard of that. So, Which one? What is it? What is it? I, it's actually a buildable, it's everything. a robotic uh, Ferris wheel. Actually, no, you it's mean, a roller coaster. And so you think, okay, let's ratchet it down. But I saw this survey and I thought, we really need to talk about this. We're all moms. And I know moms, sometimes you feel like, oh, I've got to get this, this, and this. You want to What's on my kid kids' the list? The majority of people asked said, parents said, yeah, we want to get everything on our kids' list. We want to make sure that when they write a list down, we get everything on it. And see, I've always approached it with my daughter, and it was this way for me. You might get a couple things on that list, but you're not going to get everything on your 
wish list. It just it just amazed me at how many people, despite cost or even if they could afford it, were still planning to do that. Well, and you'd mentioned people are willing to take out loans to be able to do this. Yes, or to max out credit cards. Well, and I saw um, in one of those kind of moms in the no boards just in the last couple of days, a mom who was really having trouble with her preteens because the things on their list were all over $100. Oh. You know, so yeah, do you get everything on the list, as you were saying, Stacy? And then when you have multiple items that are so expensive, you can't do it all. You guys remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this exact same thing about entitled kids. Right. And if you do that now, you're going to have to do that for the rest of their lives. You're, if you get everything they want every year, they're going to expect that. And then the pressure's on. I am very, very fortunate that my kids know that I'm not going to spend a lot of money. So the things that they ask for are very reasonable. Maybe socks, like basketball socks, new pair of shorts. You know, granted, they'll ask for some neat things, too. Sure. But they definitely add some things on there that they know are for sure <laughs> slam dunk. Yeah, I'm getting that. Well, part of the fun I always <laughs> thought on Christmas was seeing what I was going to get. I mean... The surprise of yes, it. Yes, and thinking, oh, well, I didn't get that, and that's okay because I got this. You know what I mean? Right. And we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid because I mentioned my dad being a minister and yeah. not making a lot of money. So we got a couple of things, and, you know, that was kind of the mindset. I mean, you didn't really ask for a lot because I knew we didn't have it. But, you know, I just feel like I feel bad for parents going through a time if you have struggles financially, mm -hmm. it can really be hard on a parent to know they're not going to be able to give their child what they want for Christmas. But doesn't it take the meaning out of Christmas right. and why we celebrate it anyway? It has become so commercialized. Oh, right. Where Christmas is about what are you getting for Christmas? What are the presents? That's not why we celebrate Christmas. So when you do emphasize so much into the gift getting Rather than giving something, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a gift, maybe giving your time mm -hmm. or something like that, it makes what? it so much more meaningful. Don't forget why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. Well, there are a few people that I know, and I love this thought because I think it's bringing this back in for families, Mindy. I know that there are some families who only do three or four gifts, mm -hmm. and they theme it. You know what I mean? And what they're asking for from Santa, the kids, they get something they want, something they need, um, and then something maybe for school. And I think if you kind of look around online, you'll find some different ways to have that conversation with your kids about what they're asking, what they're putting on their list or in their letter. And I think that's a great idea because it lessens the pressure on you as a parent, but also is a teaching moment about what the season really is about. And yep. I just think it's it's fantastic to be able to do that. So um, you'll see that. If you look around mm -hmm. online, you'll see some ideas on that. There's an app. It's free that I love and I've used for a while called MGIFs. It's like, so little M and then gifts. And you are able to track gifts for everyone in your family, including your kids, including your spouse, including your Aunt Martha, right? You know who you have to buy for because you got her in the family gift exchange. Now, Michaela, that is just like you to come up with a helpful <laughs> app when I have little pieces of paper stuck all over the house that I lose and I try to find them because I buy something and then I forget about it. So. That tells me I, I'm going to send this to you. Yes, no, please do. No, like pressure if anyone to would use have it, it Michaela. I'll have to like share that app with you because it has been super helpful and it helps you check this out. Over the entire course of the year, if you know your significant other or your kid mentions something that they might really like, 
You can just oh, put it great. in there at the time because, you know, I have trouble coming up with multiple ideas in mm-hmm. the moment in the frenzy of the shopping season. So it, it lets you do it ahead of time, which I think is just brilliant. Awesome. In any case, happy shopping, everybody. Mm-hmm. So I've started to look at the calendar, ladies, and there's a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weekends. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And it doesn't always involve the kids. And I don't feel like I really have a deep roster of babysitters. And you're kind of in that place right now, Yeah, Yeah, I am. We don't have family real close by. And with my mom going through all of her physical um, ailments right now with cancer, she can't do it. So, yeah, we're kind of stuck. What do you normally do? I mean, kind of is day home. Stay home. <laughs> Call <laughs> Kylan and Cameron. They'll babysit Would for they? you. Absolutely. Yeah, we every, they like Olivia. Ch- I will say at our church it's tough because all the young ladies and guys that want to babysit are busy. Yeah. I mean, they're in such demand. It's hard. And when you were younger and I was younger and Mindy was younger, you what were you doing on a yep. Saturday night when you were 12 or 13 years old? I have the best story. First of all, I'm in a luxury that my family's here. So I never really have had to you use You haven't had sitters. to rely on a baby? Yeah, I have I not. So yeah. I don't even know what it's like to try to find a sitter because thank goodness my mom's just a couple minutes you know, down the road and I have a sister and brother. We're all here. Right. But anyway, one time I was babysitting and it was around the holidays and I always tried to be the most fun babysitter. So I was babysitting a house full of three boys. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's play hide and seek. So we were playing hide and seek, and I was hiding behind their Christmas tree. And when they found me, I came out and knocked the whole Christmas tree down. <laughs> Ornaments broken. The tree was the live tree. Oh, and the, the parents that I was sitting for, they were at a party where my parents were. Oh, it was such a mess. It was The boys start crying. They had to call their parents up. So Mom, you- Dad, Mindy... Crashed our Christmas tree. Oh, like you wanted no. Mindy as a sitter because she was so much fun. But, but then, then maybe oh, and the, then you they didn't tried to pay me, tree and I couldn't take the money because I just ruined their Christmas. Yeah, that was my babysitting story that stands. <laughs> well, we hope you don't have a sitting situation like that. But this see what could happen. Season. But see what could happen, right? If you hire Mindy. So we wanted to talk a little bit about finding the right sitter, how to do it, especially with the hustle and the bustle of the holiday season. And we found a great group to talk to about it, Sitting Made Simple, which is based out of Columbus. So Amanda Knapp, the founder and CEO of Sitting Made Simple, joins us now. Amanda, there is such a need for your service. And you knew that in 2008 when it all started. I did. I did. So how did you know? How did you know that this is something that folks needed, given our kind of struggle to find sitters on a regular basis? I was, I was a nanny for 10 years prior to opening Sitting Made Simple, and I spent all my day with mommies at the park hmm. <laughs> and other fellow nannies, and just the requests would not stop coming. I didn't have enough evenings and Friday and Saturday, uh, you know, time around my already full-time nanny schedule. So one person, I couldn't cover everything that was coming in, so I thought, well, I should give this a go, being 27 and very naive at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, why is it so hard for families? We wanted to take this on because, you know, it's the holiday season, parties, extra things you're doing um, with your significant other. Why is it so hard for us to be able to be so consistent with our sitters? What what is it that you're Uh, trying to help with? Times have changed. Uh, Schedules. You know, when we, you know, when I remember growing up uh, doing babysitting on my own through high school, you know, when I made a commitment, my mom said, you know, you're going to that. Mm -hmm. So if you can't go, you can't go to that party or that school function. You already told Mrs. Smith you were babysitting. I mean, that just doesn't happen anymore. Not to mention how busy every human being, whether you're a parent or a babysitter, 
how much you're taking on and you're trying to juggle in life today. So it's, it's a matter of the juggling of schedules and whether that schedule lines up with a few people you have in an arsenal. You're not as lucky as someone like myself where there's hundreds of, you know, options for myself to choose from. <laughs> there are some things you can do. I think some of the simple things that we tend to think don't work because times have changed still do work. You know, those busy families planning ahead. I think that we have a really hard time planning ahead these days. Uh, how, how ahead can you plan? Really asking somebody, even today, whether they're available for New Year's Eve or holiday break, they, they don't have a clue. <laughs> and even if they were to tell you, hey, I can do December 23rd, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. because the kids are all out of school, you know, are they really sure? And will something change from today between now and then? And where is the backup plan? Um, you know, because the life happens. Can you explain to everyone how it all works? What do they do? They call you up? How, just explain to everyone how your whole service works. Sure. So, CityMates, we're local. So, you know, we're not one of those websites you have to help. You, know, you do hop on. You fill out an application as a family and give us those, those needs that we need. However, I mean, you're going to receive a welcome call to walk you through the process. So I think if you're saying, hey, I'm a mom. I'm a parent that has never had a sitter before. I'm so nervous. I think if you start now and you book that date, hey, in a couple of weeks and you just do a trial run, uh, but the tools and the skills that mom, dad, the kids, and that sitter get just from one sitting experience last and a lifetime in so many different areas as, as learning and growth. As a parent, an older parent, I was really surprised at the difficulty we had only because, you know, my mom and dad were close to my two sisters and they had kind of a built in babysitter. And I uh-huh. babysat through high school just like you did. Um, for someone like me, where maybe your family isn't close and you find that you are fighting with young people, you know, there's only so many of them and you and other families are fighting and outbidding one another. Muddling <laughs> yeah. um, the waters. Yeah. Right? <laughs> how do you get uh, me to. Take part in this. I mean, honestly, because it's not family. It's not someone I know yeah. right away. I am a little nervous. So well, what I do you that say? Well, I think that's the thing. I think that you just said the key word. Yeah, being nervous, knowing that this is not normal, that this is this is, this is is a new thing because of what we've done here with schedules and how busy we are. And how how do you reassure me who your sitters are? Like in other words, checks. do you, yeah, yeah background yeah. check, training, yeah, we do all training of those process. things. Absolutely. So, you know, all of the normal stuff that I think we see for the most part today, the background checks, the CPR, uh, the driving records, the valid driver's license, the auto insurance, those things are so important. But the other stuff is more important. We spend time with them. It's a two-hour orientation process, an interview. You know, we really walk them through, hey, this is what our needs are here. This is what our expectations are. These are the things that happen. These are the scenarios. And here's how that's handled. We handle that. <laughs> you know, all of those different things. We really are just the entire support team for both the families and the sitters. And it's what makes things work. So beyond sitting made simple, I wanted to ask you about, you know, just as parents and from your business perspective as well, what is the best way to communicate with sitters oh, anymore? Gosh, I'm pain. always texting. I'm never calling. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like sometimes I'm not getting the text back in the time and fashion that I need to to be able to check right? in with my backup plan. So, yeah. so how do I set so, some, you know, kind of I don't want to say boundaries, but, you know, how do I how do I make that work? You just said ex- boundaries. It's the expectations. You know, luckily enough, again, we don't have that problem at SMS because we set policies. I mean, if you can't respond to my, we have policies. If you can't respond, you don't want this job. You're not participating. We're not interested. You know, again, it's a two-way street for both parties. But I think as a, as a parent, you know, 
the ground rules. Hey, how do you like to communicate? Does text work for you? Are you able to respond quickly with that? You know, how do is it delayed for you? I think that it's a it's a topic of conversation because we're all very different. I would like to say that I would like to set the expectation that you pick up the phone. But unfortunately, it doesn't not only work for her, but it doesn't for mom today either. Texting is great. What hours of texting, you know? Is it appropriate to text? Her? Should she text you back at midnight for a response you sent at 3 p.m.? I, I did Probably get it. I got a response from a sitter one morning at 5 a.m. Because oh, they were getting up to go on a school trip. I've been trip. woken up at 3 a.m. I mean, again, these are conversations you actually have to have because it is not something that they're thinking about whatsoever. You know, I had a babysitter when I had one of the boys was um, a toddler. It was Logan. And I walked in the door. They didn't hear me coming in. And here he is drawing with the crayon on our wood floors. And the sitter is on the couch (laughs) texting. On her phone. Yeah. On her phone. You knew exactly where I was going. Of course. Of course. With that, how do I set some rules? How do I have an open conversation with my current sitters with sitters I might bring into the fold, you know, how does that look and how do I get a response that lets me know, okay, they get the rules and they're okay with it? Uh, it's direct communication. I think that we're sometimes too scared to, to be too direct. I, I think that, you know, I, I, I've heard things from, you know, our sitters and families about how direct I am. Well, hey, <laughs> if I'm not communicating my uh, feelings about how I need this done or, or how this is going to work here, how, how is she able to know? It's my kids. You know, it's I my family. I need quickly. to be able to say it. Right. I learned very quickly as a nanny walking into a home and not being told what exactly mom, dad, and all of the children individually need. I found out very quickly I was to learn that. This is not a job of, you know, hey, walk in and just occupy for fun for a couple of hours. You really have to understand that there are needs of all parties involved. And I think that, you know, direct communication is very important. You know, you need to be able to say to them, hey, I want to make sure that you understand how important, you know, this, this, these kids are to me today, my, my home surroundings. I really need these things done when you're here. And that you know, will make everything work great. I Thank walked so away much. from that situation. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything that day. I just didn't yeah. have her back. And I, I should have said something. It should have been a moment where I learned to say, okay, this is not right. And where she would have learned mm-hmm. from someone else mm-hmm. other than her family that that's not how you watch kids. Right. It's a learning process for everybody. There's so many of those aspects that are important to do. And being direct, clear communication to protect your family, and more importantly, to make you feel good. Yeah. You need to feel good about your sitter choice. You need to feel good about going out and doing what's best for you and the family tonight and allowing that sitter to walk in, follow the rules, and have a good evening with the kids. It should be that type of experience every time. You know, here on the MomCast, we love to talk about success stories. And we're about to meet a man who, when he was 18 years old, because of an accident, he was told he was maybe never going to be able to walk again. But he defied the odds. He walked and became a great athlete. And now he helps people with life skills. Part of that is test taking because there's such an emphasis in schools these days about having to succeed on these tests, Mm. not only to help your school, but to help the district. And I love the conversation because I don't know if you guys had a friend like this in school or two, but I, I had a specific friend, a guy friend who didn't really do well in the classroom. Like his GPA wasn't, you know, honor society level, but he was really great at taking tests. And so his ACT and his SAT scores were like off the charts, but you didn't see the same thing in the classroom. So there is something to the individual and how they take a test. And then there's the students who are the complete opposite. Great in the classroom. Right. 
and can't take a test. Cannot they struggle. Take a test. Yeah. So parents, if you have a kid who may need a little bit of help when it comes to test taking or just in the sport that they're in, mm-hmm. listen to this next conversation. We're talking this morning with Bruce Boguski. Hi, Bruce. Good morning. How are you all? Good. Great. So you have decided to help kids with their testing. Did you have a hard time when you were a kid taking tests? Yes. You know, <laughs> uh, that's what led me to write this book, because I help a lot of athletic teams excel when they're under pressure playing sports. And there's got to be a way to help kids do the same thing in the classroom. Like when I was a child, they told me when I was 14 that I had they, uh, that they thought I had ADD. Now, Back then, when you had ADD, they put you in a classroom with 27 other kids that had mm-hmm. ADD, you know, thinking that was really going to help you out. Right. And it kept me at the same level. And the problem that I had, I would study all night long for the test. And I knew the stuff because my mom would quiz me during breakfast. But as soon as I got into the classroom, I forgot everything I studied the night before. As soon as that test was passed out, and that's because of the test anxiety that the kids go through today. Yeah, a lot of kids do that, that's for sure. And what's sad about today's day and age in the schools, any more... All teachers seem like they have to teach to the test. It's such an emphasis because of the proficiency tests and because of these standardized testing. There is a lot of pressure to take those tests these days. Yeah, and if you you think about it, though, um, we're tested all the time in life, whether uh, it's a family problem or an athletic team or taking a test in school or the driver's license exam or there's all kinds of tests that are thrown at us. And Uh, I teach the students in my seminars and and through my book, I teach them ways to, uh, you know, to back off a little bit, uh, how to control your energies and and change your thoughts and relax under pressure situations. So that seems to really help because I got a lot of students that email me and say, wow, that stuff really works. So it's kind of fun doing it for younger kids, too, to show them these kind of techniques. So, Bruce, your book is called The Testing Zone. How do we find the zone that is right for us? Because everybody test a little differently, as you've kind of alluded to. Everyone learns a little bit differently. How do we get to that sweet spot as a student that is our own zone? I love you calling it the sweet spot, and that's a great question. Uh, I'm doing a lot of basketball teams right now, and the coaches ask the same thing. Uh, Every kid on that team and every child in school is different, so we all get there in different ways. One person may get there by eating a certain food or not eating a certain food before a test or there are specific stretching techniques. And one of the things that I do in my teacher seminars is I show them that the kids in their classroom all learn in different ways. For instance, a, a kinesthetic learner, which is the one that they're the feelers, the more comfortable you can make them uh, with their sometimes bringing a cushion in from a chair at, uh, at, at home uh, and letting them sit on that. The more comfortable they are, the better their test scores usually are because they are really focused on how comfortable the surroundings are. I was thinking about one of those stress balls, you know, that you can put in your hand and kind of work, too. Yes, you must have read that in in my book. uh, Some research indicates that students that when they're learning brand new material for the very first time, if they're allowed to press on a stress ball while that's being taught to them, about 12 percent more of the learning sinks in. And these kids are in every class. They're the ones that chew on their hair and they suck (laughs) on pencils. Yeah. They can't sit still. Their legs are always bopping up and down, and that's how you can tell. And they always put their hands in their mouth. So you can tell that that's a kinesthetic learner when you're dealing with them. That is interesting. Now, I have a question, too, because it sounds like you're talking to the students and the teachers. What about the parents? Do we stay out of this completely, or are we a part of this so that we can help our kids? I mean, what is the best thing for a parent to do in this situation? 
we all, a lot of times when I do my seminars, I'll come in and do the kids, and then we'll do the teachers after school, and then we'll have parents come in at night. So it's like I'm there for the whole day mm-hmm. because parents are probably, arguably, the most important part because they see their students doing some of these techniques at home, and they'll wonder what they're doing and then stop that because some of them are kind of raucous. Uh, some of the exercises just to get the brain involved uh, before you sit down to study and taking breaks every uh, 20 minutes or so. And if the parents, so we try to get the parents on the same page. There's a lot of things you can do at home. Um, I have an article that I published talks about how to turn your uh, your dorm room into a learning environment, in which and you can do the same thing at home because the colors are really important. You want to have a lot of blue and green, tan and beige, uh, those kind of things to help the students relax while they're studying. Uh, there's no red or purple in the room that they study in. And the lighting, it's really important that we avoid fluorescent lights. Uh, sometimes that hum from those lights affects the central nervous system. And actually the best kind of light is uh, indirect sunlight. And there's actually a bulb out there now called VitaLight, which mimics direct sunlight. And students' test grades, go, test grades go up when they study under those kinds of lights and when they take the test when those kind of lights are in the room. The feng shui course, of learning. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Thought of. Yeah. yeah, it sounds and, like a wow. lot of it, um, Bruce. What you're trying to do is make make a student feel more relaxed and maybe feel more comfortable and more confident in themselves. So when they go into the classroom to take the test, they have the confidence to know that they can do it. Yeah, because you know most of them are going, "Oh man, I got a test today. Oh, I hate that class," and you know, stuff like that. And they're right there defeated before they get in there. And so we use a we use a lot a lot of affirmations with the students who come and work with me one on one and in our big groups where they'll say I'm a great test taker and I can do this and I'm great at math and and it might seem kind of uh, sophomore to do those kind of things but after you start saying something over and over and over it starts to become believed and once it's believed that determines how you how you're going to perform under the pressure. Well, as a parent, I think it's it's hard when we see our kids study so much and then they don't do well on a test. It's it's really hard mm-hmm. to take as a mom and as and a dad when you see your kids struggle like this. You have all kinds of information in this book, The Testing Zone, and I know that you travel around the country, you talk to so many different groups, you're a motivational speaker. What do you think is the most important thing a parent can help their kid when it comes to taking a test? Oh, not well, not only taking tests, but in life. In life. To get them to believe in them, believe. Um, every child that I've met has something, something different about them that makes them stand out from from everybody else, and that they have a special trait that they have. And I always encourage them to go for that. To, uh, we might find someone that, that, that is turned off by they, they don't want to go and study so much to, to have a, a specific job. And they, uh, But if we encourage them, like I have a book that I show in my audiences. There's a girl that never learned how to read and she never learned how to write. And yet she wrote this book. And the book was entitled Everything That Men Know About Women. And it's completely empty. And she ended up making <laughs> she ended up making four million dollars the first year that oh she had the book gosh. out. Oh my gosh! It really wow. is empty, completely empty. Well, yeah, it should so be. You, you <laughs> That's have, hilarious. <laughs> Most women like that when That's I bring it out funny. and hold it up in the audience. It sounds like a great co- coffee table yeah. book that I need to but, have. But that does bring up a point. Everybody has something that they are good at, and yeah. and teaching your children that. Now, as far as when, what age do you start working with? In other words, when should we start working with our kids? Is this before they go to school? Is it once they're in a certain grade? They're testing children so young now. I that, know. And we 
And right away, you can set the tone. It's right at the beginning in first or second grade. If they don't do well on these things or if we yell at them or, or, or use those kind of techniques, you can you can set up a block to testing for the whole rest of their lives. So you want to make it a good experience for them as best as they possibly can. And we really don't care how they score anyway. It's just that they give us the best they can is what we're, what we're looking for. So if someone's listening, whether it be a parent or an educator or maybe even a college student, what's the best way to get a hold of you and perhaps read your book? Yeah, well, we, we have available online. I have a website, and that's simply brucebogusky.com. Uh, that's B-R-U-C-E-B-O-G-U-S-K-I.com. And I've got all my topics of seminars that I do is on there and my book, uh, some of the products that we sell. But you can honestly say that you've made a difference in, in lives across the country? Oh, you know, I wouldn't be able to have the energy that I to do this if I didn't. Um, I have letters here from little children that wrote illustrated letters from them and athletes that were just ready to quit their sport because they were just so bummed. They were in a bad spot. They were in a slump. And those are my favorite people, the the athletes, because usually it's their their thoughts. If we can change their thoughts about what going into a situation, their performance increases dramatically. And when you change their thoughts, their belief system changes. And once you believe something, it's it's just a small step to attain it because you'll do everything you can to get that into your life. Oh, that is really good. Well, I personally want to thank you because I heard you. What stuck with me was you shouldn't study in a room that's purple, and you've right. given me yes. you gave me an excuse as a Donny Osmond fan growing up, Mom. That's why my test scores were not that good. <laughs> so thank you, Bruce. I appreciate oh, that. You're welcome. Anytime mm-hmm. I can help out. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going through this thing at our house. My daughter just went through this little growth spurt. I knew it was coming, but unfortunately, it's like holiday time, right? I mean, we're starting to, I have anyway, started to do some holiday shopping. Mm -hmm. So you're spending money. Yes, and cash starts getting, you know, short. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't have money to buy clothes (laughs) right now. Stop it. Stop growing. Um, But, of course, that's where Once Upon a Child comes in, Um, being the frugal shopper than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get some great, gently used clothes. You can take all the stuff that your kids have now gotten out of now that they've got the growth spurt. There's plenty I can take. Get a little cash for it and use that uh, for some gently used clothes. So it really will help you save money. The good thing, shoes. They grow out of shoes so fast. I mean, I'm going through another basketball season. It's like every season we have to buy new shoes. So it's a great place to go for athletic wear, too. Exactly. So lots of locations around central Ohio and beyond. Just go to onceuponachild.com. You know, I was a friend of mine was talking about something that she was confessing the other day. And she was confessing that when life gets really busy, she doesn't wash her face at night. And I think there's probably a lot of women who are the same I don't wash way. my face every night at all. Well, and I don't shower every day either. What? Mi- oh, my. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think you're supposed to go I mean, a day you are. Two. You're supposed to not wash your hair every day. Right. We know that. We hear that. I'll go a week without showering. And I have I'm always kidding. heard. No. <laughs> I don't think she is. I, I've always heard that actually you should not wash. It depends on what you're using. 
wash your face every night because Dries leaving yes, leaving some of that Oil. helps us keep our youthful glow. If it, it might, but if you're wearing five pounds of makeup, it also might not be a good thing, right? Mm, you yeah, know? that's probably and true. So this friend might wear a little bit of makeup, a okay. little bit more than well, the that's average, a average gal. So here's the thing, though. You know, we treat our skin kind of secondarily, you know, when we're in the midst of life and busyness and the holiday season is going to be one of those times where you're going to be tired, you're going to be going out, you're going to be coming home and just wanting to fall into bed. So this holiday season, do your skin a favor. Take care of it when you're heading to bed at night after all of those parties and that time out having fun. And also do yourself a favor and call our friends over at Advanced Aesthetic and Laser Surgery. Dr. McMahon is great. And to have a consultation with them just to see what is going on with your skin and where it's going and some of the little things that you can do, whether it might be treatments or procedures, um, Advanced Aesthetic and Laser Surgery has quite a menu of items that you can go over with um, with a doctor. So give them a call, 614 4 Five nine zero zero six zero again. That's six one four four five nine zero zero six zero. Advanced aesthetic and laser surgery. I have to be honest. I am these days a little sad because for the first time, and maybe forever, my daughter and I are just at a point where we cannot get along. It's Aww. like every day yeah. is a battle, and I hate it because I love her to death, mm-hmm. and I know deep down she loves me. But I think we're so much alike that it comes into be such a conflict. Did you guys go through that with your moms at all? I remember going through that. When she's that, 14, yes. she just turned 14. I remember going through that with my mom, and it seems like I went through it um, as the hormones kicked in. Mm-hmm. And there were three of us girls in the house and my mom, and it became, you know, they say everybody kind of sinks up. <laughs> I mean, it was, I always felt bad for my mom later mm-hmm. because it seemed like, you know, girl to girl, that, you know, you you kind of do. You're at odds. And it passed, though. It did pass, but it was like that for a while. I recall it. Not with your dad, though. Not with my dad. See, I'm no. always the bad one. It's like I can do no right in her yeah. eyes. And I've tried to talk to her about it. And I don't know. We we're going to have to find some common ground. I mean, I just think it's I, I think it's it's hard because she's becoming an adult. She just turned 14. Mm-hmm. And as each year, you know, she gets to that next, you know, milestone. She has her own opinions. She has her own thoughts. And you want her to. I oh, know yes. you do. She's so strong. It, she's, she's so an incredibly strong and independent young woman. And Michaela, she's so nice to everybody. She has a heart of gold. But isn't this the and case that every parent so well, says? Yeah. Every parent says, what, when you, you know, you compliment someone on their child and they're like, really? Well, that's not how it is at my house. You know what I mean? I think that there is that kind of that push, you know, inside the home, like the home with your mom or dad. And with mine, I mean, I honestly don't think I really got along very well with my mom from probably the age of about 15 to 25. And I know that's sad. Oh my gosh, I can't deal with it period, for that long. Oh my. We just, we were, we just butted heads and there are similarities between me and Tracy, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, I think I was just trying to, they were really overprotective in my case. You know, I, I won't say that they were, and maybe they were a bit helicopterish. Well, if I and really that's think, how and, I and that's how you are. And I do pick at everything. And I think sometimes I have to take a step back and because I'm, oh, she'll come down. I'm like, really, your hair's going to, you're going to do that to school? I mean, I, I'm always picking. So if I loosen up a little bit and she kind of, and I, I've told her, Cammie, Everything I'm trying to tell you is for your own good. I am on your side in life. I want mm-hmm. nothing but the best for you. So just listen to me a but little bit. But did you listen to your mom when she said that no, to you? No, and I we'll probably still you. don't. And well, my mom and I go at it a lot, too, because we're so much alike. The good thing is Kimmy had her annual checkup. 
And because we have such a great relationship relationship with the doctors at Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents, I had the freedom to ask Dr. Fullup what's going on with us right now. Mm -hmm. And because she has the good relationship with us, she doesn't just talk about medical things. She's able to give us her opinion. So this is what she said about the matter. This is probably the age when I see it happen. And I think it's a, it's a personality thing. Um, if you're too alike, that can actually make things a little more difficult, a little more challenging. But my advice is just each of you compromise, meet each other halfway. They have to get mad at you somewhere down the line because if not, then you're not really doing your job as a mom. You're and that's mom most first. important. Right. You're a mom first and they will come around. Great advice. We're going to have to just meet in the middle sometime and somewhere. And I believe in her and I think we'll be able to work this thing out. I hope so anyway. But if you would like a doctor who's that easy to talk to about absolutely everything and anything, give Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents a call. They are taking on new patients. Their phone number, they're right in Westerville, is 614-899-0000. Thanks, Dr. Fullup, for that advice. So now that you know how to hire a sitter, it's time to get out of the house. <laughs> that's what you got to do to that's enjoy the this season. That's, yeah, that's the fun part of it. So thanks again for joining us uh, for another MomCast this week. We love talking with you all. And of course, make sure you're following us online. Yes, all, we're all over social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. At MomCast Show is what you're searching for in our new Instagram account. So we love to hear from you. We hope you had a great week, and we will talk to you next week.